3: you're listening to Football Full
4: Circle with Joe Lisi and Scott Wetzel. Oh, we are off and running in today's edition of Football Full Circle right here on the Sports Green Radio Network, Sirius Channel 159. Joe Lisi and Scott Wetzel taking you around the NFL for the next hour. Football is back, baby. Two preseason games last night, six on tap tonight. And Scott, guess what, baby? We're in the final stretch run. The month of August is here, and football. Football is 24-7, nothing better. Absolutely, and I got to tell you, Joe, I own the preseason
5: 2-0 <laughs> last night. Two absolute easy winners. This is like taking candy from a baby. They're pretty soon going to shut down my FanDuel account because I'm <laughs> producing too many. Oh, just easy winners last night. This is just too, too easy. You know what? Let's have preseason for 15 weeks. That's how yeah. easy it was last night. <laughs>
4: yeah, let's hope the regular season in both college and the NFL could be as easy as last night. Now, I did lose the under with the Patriots and Texans. Texans prevailed 20-9 to nine in terms of that matchup. But I did hit the over in terms of Seattle and the Vikings. Did take Seattle minus the 3.5 as well. They pulled away in the second half. They trailed 10-7, win it 24-13. But let's start in New England because I think it's a tale of two teams, right? You have D'Amico Ryans, C.J. Stroud making his first career NFL start, albeit in the preseason. But he struggled, right? 2-4, 13 yards. Davis Mills came on. Completed 9 of 12 for basically 99 yards. Really led the team on a, on a scoring drive. And Case Keenum as well. But, you know, again, when you look at the Texans right now, they're a young team, first-year head coach, complete rebuild. There's some young talent there. I know we're bashing C.J. Stroud, but it is his first career start. At the end of the day, let the kid play. And more importantly, this should have no bearing in terms of week one. I think he should be the starter in Houston this season. Yeah,
5: I really don't know why he didn't play the entire game, Joe, to tell you the truth, right? I mean, what are they afraid of? He's going to get hurt. Listen, I'm not a big believer in, war. you know, if you're a veteran quarterback, okay, no sense playing. But first year, if you want this guy to be your starter, which I think they do, obviously, right, let him play the, the, at least three quarters anyway. I, I mean, to play him, what, he played three series last night, two series? Yeah. And the one should have ended with the, the goofy uh, rough in the passer penalty. Oh, God, I forgot all about that. Didn't, what? Five minutes into the football game, where got reminded about how dopey some of these NFL rules are with that rough of the passer. But point being, let him play. You know What's the difference if you win one game this year or four games or you know, win any preseason game? The idea is to get the kid ready for the regular season because what we saw last night, he's not ready, right? They're not going to win any games if he plays and that offensive line plays like it did last night. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't get the, the Davis Mills and the Case
4: Keenum. You know what you have with those guys at this point? Let's try and play the whole game. Completely agree, 100%. Why did you take him at number two overall if you didn't if you didn't believe he could be a starter in this league and more importantly start him for the whole season? Again, you had two previous coaches in David Cully and obviously Lovey Smith that didn't make it out of year number one. Even though I thought Cully got a raw deal, they were competitive that year, eight and eight against the number. Uh, but Lovey Smith ran that team into the ground, right? And now D'Amico Ryan's takes over. There's some young talent there. I I talked about it last night. You look at the wide receiver. Receiver core, right? You have Nate Dell, the former standout for Houston. He stepped up with a five-yard, five-reception, 65-yard, and one touchdown performance. You have Xavier Hutchinson on that team, the leading receiver for Iowa State. He's a good receiver. He's long, he's lanky, and could take the top off the opposing defense. And John Mechie, the former standout at Alabama that comes back now from lymphoma. Those are three young players that you could develop with your starting quarterback, C.J. Stroud potentially the progression or trajectory is much like trevor lawrence and jacksonville allow these guys to grow together why throw in the veterans case keenum and davis mills makes absolutely no sense to me yeah it's why though
5: joe you know, I, as much as you and I say this, but this is why I loved Houston, and this is why I'm going to be betting Houston all preseason. I, I think they're going to go 3-0. and I don't know who else they play. But they want to create a winning culture, and and this is the, the out I'll give Miko Ryans. If he keeps the kid in there, they're going to lose the football game. And what, They win two games last year. They, 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 These new head coaches, which is why I bet on them in a preseason, they want to change the culture from the year before, and that means winning. And even if it's winning a preseason game, hey, you know what, guys? We went up to New England. We beat Bill Belichick. We beat the Patriots. Yeah, we did it with our third-string quarterback because he's better than their third-string quarterback, but who cares? We won. So, when you win three games like they did three they won last year, you need to change that. So, that's why I bet on them in the preseason, but I don't think it helps them in the long run. I mean, they're yeah. over-under just from, from the betting standpoint. Six and a half, that team is not going from three wins to seven. That, that team is not
4: winning seven games, though, Joe. Seven and ten? not uh, the what I saw last year. Yeah, not in year one. I think that would be a tough yeah. ask. And, I, and I've said this, and I agree with you in terms of that assessment, is that you have to change the culture, whether it be preseason. It has to start immediately. It can't be status quo. And I'll say that. I mean, you make a correlation to Washington and Ron Rivera. When's the last time that team had a winning culture outside his first year where they won the NFC East? So I agree with you. That's the right way to approach it. I believe C.J. Stroud will develop from week to week on the Flip side, same old story with New England. I don't care that it was the preseason. Completely one dimensional. Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones. You want to throw in Steve Grogan and Tom Brady into the mix? It doesn't <laughs> matter. With those wide receivers, they're not winning nine games this year. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in
5: them, right? I mean, I thought we'd get a little bit more offensively with the new head, of, you know, offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien
4: being there, but not the case. We're just getting started. When Scott and I return, we'll touch on the games later tonight. Football Full Circle coming right back. Keep it where it is.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Listening to football full circle with Joe Lisi and Scott Wetzel.
4: Back on football full circle, Joe Lisi and Scott Wetzel talking a little NFL preseason action. Two games last night, six games on tap tonight. Starts in Detroit. Scott, with the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, they're biting ankles, knocking out kneecaps. Two and a half point home dogs to the New York Giants and and Brian Dable and the crew. Giants are minus 130 and two and a half point favorites on FanDuel. Total is set at 34 and a half. Sort of feel like it's a similar situation. With, obviously, that you mentioned in terms of Houston with Detroit, right? They were on the cusp, potentially, of challenging for a wild card. They end their season on a huge upswing, knocking off Aaron Rodgers and knocking out Green Bay from the playoffs. Now all eyes are on set with Jared Goff in 2023. The ability to start fast, right? I think there could be a lot of points in this ballgame for both offenses looking to break out. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how long Jared Goff plays,
5: right? I figure he's going to play some. I don't think Bridgewater would play. You know, he's only been there, uh, you know, less than a week. You get some Nate Sudfeld and Hendon Hooker still out, obviously. So, uh, it, it kind of falls on Goff. But probably why, you, if he doesn't play a lot, that's why the Giants are favorites. And, and the Lions and Dan Campbell, 1-5 and five straight up, 2-4 and four against the spread, Joe. His two seasons there in the preseason. So, Not that he's a veteran head coach by any stretch, but he's been in the league long enough to know, I think, that these preseason games, um, you know, they don't mean a lot. Last year, maybe they would have meant some first year, and even those games he didn't win. Now when the team is somewhat accomplished and he realizes that they don't need to change the culture because the culture really got got changed last year and there should be more emphasis on the regular season, I guess that's why
4: the Giants are the slight road favorites here. Well, when you look at both teams, it's it's sort of similar because the bar has been set for both of these teams, hasn't it? Really, I mean, the Giants overexceed yeah. in year one with Brian Dable. They get the the road win over Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. They challenge maybe for a quarter Philadelphia that wins the NFC and obviously goes to the Super Bowl. So now you can't regress, right? I mean, he did such a great job that in New York it's like, okay, what what have you done for me lately? Okay, you made you made it to the round of the playoffs last year, but now we want to win. We expect the Super Bowl in two or three years. So there is no regression. That's why I think you try to develop the younger players, right? You, you try to develop the, the second and third teamers. We know that the wide receiver core was sort of inexperienced. Isaiah Hodgins came on. They get back Sterling Shepard. Darren Waller's been a huge part in the offseason of that offense. Wondell Robinson. So you have to think from a culture perspective, Brian Dable at least wants to develop that second- and third-tier type of talent because if they're going to make a run, they're going to need those guys. Yeah, you would think, right? I mean, I still want to see them be able to throw the football.
5: They're not going to you know, go anywhere unless they throw for much better and more yards out of Danny Nichols, as I like to call them, than what they did last year. You just can't win. Their schedule this year, we talked about it, Joe, is brutal. Three back-to-backs which isn't too, too bad, but that's on the high side. Then they have a separate three-game road trip, which is crazy. And then they have only the eight home games since they're the NFC team, and one of those home games is against the Jets. So half the fans there will be, you know, Jet fans. Another home game, obviously, is against the Eagles. Half the fans there will be Eagle fans. They really only have, like, six traditional absolute home games. It's going to be a tough schedule. I I think that that's the team I've circled that made the playoffs last year that's not going to make it this year. To me, the New
4: York Giants fit that category perfectly. I think they're in for a long year. Yeah, you see, I have mixed feelings about it because I agree with you to, a, to a, a, a degree, but I believe that Dable's a really good coach, right? He'll find a way to make them competitive. If he found a way last year with the land of misfit toys, right, sort of similar to to how Mike Carver likes to call the San Francisco Giants the same thing in baseball, that's what the New York Giants were last year. No identity. Daniel Daniel Jones was completely inconsistent. Offensive coordinator and offensive philosophy was not there, non-existent because of the turnover. And he found a way to sort of put them in positions, whether it be running the early on and then Daniel Jones taking over in the second half of the year as he got more acclimated with the wide receivers and offensive philosophy he found ways to develop the team where week to week month to month they got progressively better and I know that we, we talk about this in terms of the NFC East right Scott there hasn't been a back-to-back winner since 2004 while I certainly don't think it's going to be the situation in, in Washington with Ron Rivera and, and Eric Bieniemy that leaves Two suspects left. Dallas and the Giants are basically seven to one. I think they're both worth a, a bet on as a long shot. Obviously, the Giants to potentially overexceed yet again in year two. Yeah, I just you know listen, they had a, a
5: Cinderella season, but it's one thing from being the hunter to the hunting. You know, when, when no one expects anything out of you, and no one thought anything out of the Giants. Uh, you know, you can sneak up on teams. You can get some wins. You know, you could win ugly. But they only won two games. It was one game, two games the last two months of the regular season. They only tied Washington in another game. They backed into the playoffs. Give them credit. They beat Minnesota, Joe. But if they would have lost that game, people would have been talking about how the Giants fell apart. At the, at the close of the season, they were not a good football team the last two months. So, you know, and we've seen head coaches, you know, be good one year. I, I'm still reserving judgment on whether Brian Dable is the greatest coach in the history of mankind. <laughs> like people want to put him up there. I mean, I, the, the guy, I, I grant one good year, expectations nothing and they fulfilled you know more than what the giant fan thought of but let's just see now when you're based on not making that you have to make the playoffs again otherwise it's been a failed season and i just yep, don't it, think they will and they paid danny jones all that money you know they made a commitment to a, what i think is a mediocre quarterback quarterback they could have had last year on his contract but they decided not to pick up the last year two years ago i i don't know i think it's going to be a long year
4: well put it this way they don't win that playoff game Dan, Daniel Jones doesn't get the extension potentially for $40 million, right? They, he, there's right. no way they he gets $40 million a year. I don't think it, it was because of how he played in that ball game. He proved that maybe to a degree he could handle the pressure. The other game that starts at the same time slot, and there's two at the 7 o'clock window after the Giants, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield will get the start. There's another team no identity with Todd Bowles. He has good pieces, doesn't know what to do with them, doesn't know who the starting quarterback is, they get a pedestrian Baker Mayfield. Are we realistically supposed to believe that Tampa Bay, their offense is going to be more consistent and more importantly, that defense sucked last year, that if they continue to regress, they're going to be under 500. Yeah. You know, between them
5: and the Rams, how the mighty have fallen. For obvious reasons with Tampa Bay, right? Brady's not there. You know, Fournette's not back. A number of other guys are back. But they do have some, you know, decent wide receiver. They have some weapons there still. But you talk about going from expectations to winning the Super Bowl one year to, you know, two years later last year as well. Just like, geez, not, nothing. Um, Todd Ball's not a great preseason head coach. Seven and uh, 12 straight up. Uh, Mike Tomlin is 37 and 24. I relay the three on the road. You're right. It is Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure how much Kyle Trask is going to play, if at all, tonight. I don't know if it's going to be all Baker, and then they announce that Trask is going to start game number two, or you know, Baker's going to work with the starters and Trask is going to come in and work with the backups. But yeah, it's a in a division that's there for the taking. Like nobody is suggesting Tampa Bay, Carolina, yeah, with rookie quarterback, New Orleans, yeah. But no, Atlanta, right? But nobody, but nobody is talking Tampa Bay Buccaneers football, which is just
4: amazing, a year removed from Tom Brady. And on the flip side, Mike Tomlin and Kenny Pickett in year two. Are you shocked about Kenny Pickett's total this year for passing touchdowns? 17 and a half when we have Bryce Young uh, at 22 and a half and a lot of the rookies and second-year guys, 17 and a half seems a little bit light for Kenny Pickett in year two. Yeah. You know, and then you think who they're playing. You know the
5: shootouts that they're gonna be in. You know whether it's with Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland's gonna put some points on the board. They're not gonna be able to win games 13-10 this year like they did last year. I mean that that's one basically touchdown a game. If he can't hit that, that
4: that's then the Steelers are really going nowhere. Yeah, when we come back, we'll talk about that game in the jungle. Cincinnati and Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers,
2: coming up next right here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: You're listening to Football Full
4: Circle with Joe Lisi and Scott Wetzel. Continuing the conversation, talking a little NFL preseason talk, along with big picture for a lot of these teams, we'll turn to Cincinnati. Obviously, Joe Burrow does have the calf injury, wasn't going to play anyway against the Green Bay Packers, but the Green Bay Packers all of a sudden now getting no love from the gurus, the experts, you see the hard knocks with Aaron Rodgers. And I saw another take, not to go off the beaten path, but now uh, Aaron Rodgers is sitting with an individual teammate each and every day in terms oh, of the gosh. camp for dinner. What a great story. She'll be on Hallmark. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> like, he's not doing that just for, for show. I mean, we'll say, let, let me see if he's sitting with every teammate going out for dinner when they're 1-6 and six, and they're on a four-game losing streak and he threw six picks over the course of three weeks. Let me see if that's still happening. But, yeah, the same,
5: the same, guy, that wants to, the same guy that wants to sit up, sit in a mountains, Joe, all by himself for five days in a cabin, like a 2 by 4 cabin, now all of a sudden wants to be Buddy, buddy with everybody.
4: He's almost like he's similar, isn't he, to Russell Wilson now? like where Russell Wilson has changed his his persona, where it's all about Russell. Did you see that press conference, by the way, with Russell no. Wilson the other day, like he was talking to kindergarten kids about bring your dad to school day. I, I'm a quarterback and I call out signals, red salami, blue rhino, and we try to win football games. It's absolutely pathetic how both of these guys have transformed. Just win football games, win road games, and more importantly, elevate your play week to week, and nobody will have a problem. Calling out this guy and that guy and the media before the season starts is absolutely, does absolutely nothing for me or anybody that follows the team. So let's see where there are at the end of September. But to go back to Jordan Love, have you watched Jordan Love in practice? I know the first week, Peyton sort of uh, mentored him and, and talked to him and said, you know, what is it? What do you, how do you like to be coached? He had a bad practice that day. But ever since, he looks confident. He looks collected. I don't see him really coming out and saying, you know, we're going to be competitive. That's exactly what you want to see from a starting quarterback. Give the opposition nothing. Back it up with your play on the field. And I got to say it again, Scott. I'm on this team at plus 350, 370 to win the division this year. Yeah, you know, look, don't confuse him with Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance coming from,
5: uh, you know, Topeka High where he didn't even play his last year because of COVID. Really hasn't played any football in, like 4 years. Whereas Jordan Love actually was pretty good in college. So you know, but you, those two kind of get clumped together for whatever reason. Um I and I like him at Utah. I think he's going to do very well. I think his surrounding cast is, is much better than what uh um you know, most quarterbacks get when they they start their first year really starting even though he's been, you know, around for a few years obviously so i i think the packers are going to win that division well i don't want to say it. I, I think minnesota still has a pretty good chance but i think the packers have a better chance of winning the division i'll say than detroit I, I think the pecking order is minnesota one green bay two
4: and then detroit three over chicago being in last place well yeah i mean chicago's interesting in the sense of It's not, and it goes back to Justin Fields and his development. It's sort of similar to New England. How can you evaluate a starting quarterback in the NFL if you're not putting weapons around these guys? If you expect them to throw 20 times a game in a controlled type of atmosphere or game type of environment and win the game potentially 17 to 13 or 21-17 because you're afraid to open it up, how can you truly value whether you have a franchise quarterback or not? And look at Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, Doug Peterson really didn't buy into Doug, uh, Jalen Hurts' his last season there, right? He moves on. Jalen Hurts gets partnered with Sirianni. They put A.J. Brown. They put Devontae Smith around them. Dallas Goddard has evolved into one of the better tight ends in the NFC. And all of a sudden, they're an NFC champion. It's sort of similar to what Justin Fields has in Chicago. And, you know, jo- uh, Jordan Love has weapons around him now. Uh, Christian Watson was one of the most promising wide receivers at the end of the year. You have now Jalen Reed that that comes over from Michigan State. He's a Tyreek Hill type of player. They are starting to develop the offense around Jordan Love and give him an opportunity to cook, and that's why I think he can over-exceed expectations right now. Yeah, what's his
5: total? Do you know offhand for touchdown passes?
4: I because think I mean, it was 25 and I got to double check that because I I did say I think he could get to 30 this year but I think it's 25. Let me double check that. Because if it is I mean, it really just goes Are you to going show. over picking? Are you going not, over?
5: Uh, I mean, 25 is a lot. You know I, I thought maybe it would be in the Kenny 21 and it. a half Scotty.
4: 21 okay. and a half at even money to the over. It's minus over. 128 to the under. I would go over. I, I I definitely would go over. I would mean, you, you go look over at the on games, his yards? Would you go over on the yards? How many yards? Thirty-three hundred and a half.
5: Yeah, you know you you play Minnesota twice and you play you know uh, Chicago or Detroit twice. I mean those those four games alone, you know, could get him uh, ten touchdowns, right? I mean because those are figured to be thirty-five thirty games, all four. So and the yards, same thing. And I don't think they're going to go conservative with him. I'd like to go back and see Aaron Rodgers' first year and, and see how conservative they were with him. I don't think they were. Uh, and I got a feeling the same thing with Jordan Love. You know, they got to make a decision with this guy. You know, so his contract is up. They're either going to pay him a gazillion dollars or let him walk. I don't think they want to let him walk. So I, I think he's going to get an opportunity to get 22 touchdown passes in 17 games, you know, with, with like I said, four of those games that, get, that figured to be shootouts. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I'm, a, I'm on his bandwagon, so I like his numbers
4: to go over. Now, let me ask you this big picture, they're an 18 to 1 shot to potentially win the NFC, okay? I think if they could get to the playoffs, and I think they could be ten and seven. Which, whether they win the, I think they could win the division. But it's still a ten and seven. If they achieve that, most likely in the NFC, they're going to get into the playoffs. With the rushing attack of AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, barring any major injury, they have the potential to make a run. And I like the way the defense played at the end of the year. It wasn't the defense so much why they didn't make the playoffs. It was the play Aaron Rodgers. It was. Yeah. Nobody seems to to remember that he threw two picks in that home game. Right. D- Detroit used to be a team that Aaron Rodgers owned for much of his career. And all of a sudden in two games last year he was absolutely pathetic the road loss to Detroit and the home loss to Detroit where he threw two picks nobody seems to point that out so you know as long as Jordan Love and, and to get to 33 and a half I think he, he can get there obviously but it's more importantly that he doesn't turn the football over to give his team an opportunity to obviously be in each and every ball game that is more important than the yards per se. Right. I wouldn't go so far
5: as to say they could win the conference though. The division, you know, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Their their schedule is pretty easy all things considered. They play the NFC South, so you know those are four games that they could uh, win. You know, they got uh, They got Las Vegas on there, winnable game. They got the Giants on there, winnable game. So it's not that bad of a schedule outside of a couple of games. So I I think they could definitely make the playoffs. Even if they don't win the division, I think they can make it as a wild card with the NFC being so bad. But to put them on the scale of, you know, running the table and going to the Super Bowl or even really challenging, you know, I I think they would be a one-and-done playoff team.
4: All right, so... So, if you want to buy yes or no playoffs right now for the Green Bay Packers, are you doing it? Including the wild card? Yeah, I would say yes. I agree. I I agree. I think I agree, and I think in terms of the preseason game, that has the uh, opportunity to be one of the higher scoring games uh, of the evening. Atlanta and our Miami Dolphins. Did you hear Xavier Howard come out and say, "I'm not so sure who Des Ritter is. (laughs) Who is he? You know, maybe you didn't watch the uh, the uh, the college football playoff loss to Alabama a couple years ago, where Des Ritter led the Bearcats to that matchup against Nick Saban. But he's the guy in Atlanta. They they couple. Obviously, would be John Robinson, a lot of people are high on this team. Now, I'm not so high on Des Ritter. I think he's going to have to maybe over-exceed expectations this year. I don't think they can run it the way a lot of people think and grind games out to a 9- or a 10-win season. What do you feel about both teams but i I'm selling atlanta, and i have I have a feeling that Miami could potentially challenge Buffalo as long as two is healthy. I think they're pretty legitimate at plus two ninety yeah. Uh, we'll start with the game tonight. Both
5: teams are, are undecided. I mean, which is so goofy, Joe. I, I mean, it, it's preseason game number one. Who cares? You can't tell me two, three days before the game is that they, they don't know who's playing, right? I mean, they're absolutely lying right to our face. Uh, and to keep it a big secret, like it matters whether Desmond Ritter or Tua Tags is playing or not. I mean, it, it, if the Dolphins don't know if Tua Tags is playing two days before the game, and, and you know, even yesterday they announced this, then it's like the head coach is an idiot then, so something's wrong. But as far as the the, the teams themselves. I, I listen. I'm buying in on Miami. Uh, I'm going to say Tua's is going to stay healthy. I'm not the biggest Tua fan, but I'm going to buy in. Mike White maybe will come in for a couple of games if Tua gets another concussion. Um, I think the backup situation is a little bit better this year than with last year with Teddy being hurt all the time. I think the Dolphins get the best offense. Not thrilled with what happened with, uh, with uh, Jalen Ramsey obviously, and it looks more and more like he might not be back until you know if not this year. So that that kind of stinks, but. I think the I think the division is there for the taking for Miami. I'm buying it on them, and I do like the Falcons. I, I do. I don't get the the Bijan Robinson. You know, if there was ever Joe an indication of how little you respect your running back, Algier for them last year ran for a thousand yards. Now I get it. 17 games. It's not that that difficult. But they had a thousand yard rusher last year, and they still used a first round pick on a running back. I didn't like He that was an explosive.
3: Tyler uh,
4: Algier from
3: BYU. 1,000 yards, a
4: thousand yards. He grounded it out. When we come back, we'll talk about the other preseason games coming up next.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: You're listening to football full circle with Joe Lisi and Scott Wetzel. All right,
4: we're continuing to talk NFL preseason. A little AFC, a little NFC. We left off talking about the Atlanta Falcons and Miami Dolphins. Scott and I are both high on our fish. As long as two is healthy, right? We don't believe Mike White can right. potentially lead us to the promised land. Although, if he could channel what he did a couple of years ago when he beat obviously Cincinnati and he led the led the uh, div- not the division, led the NFL with that 407-yard performance and upset win as an 11 and point dog two years ago, and then what he did. In Maybe in his first couple of starts, maybe just maybe you say if he's called in in a relief role, he could potentially you know pull it out. But we need two of there behind center for all 17 games. I heard you about obviously Atlanta. We talked about the Bucks and Carolina is interesting in the sense of I'm a buyer of Bryce Young. I'm a buyer in the sense of all the numbers. I think I've out of all the quarterbacks, Scott. I think he has the potential to really put up dynamic numbers. I know at Alabama, you could say, you know, they were a little bit shaky last year. They lost two games on the road to Tennessee and and LSU. But at the end of the day, he's a a cool-headed quarterback. He never gets rattled. The environment or the game situation never seems too big. And I think he's going to be just fine as long as Frank Reich sort of opens up the offense in Carolina well uh
5: big is the key word there because he is not joe i mean have you seen some of the pictures of him in yeah. practice he's he's is a little small
4: doug flutia a
5: little <laughs> yeah i mean he he's kyler murray-esque and doug flutia yeah i mean i wow I never in a million years would have moved up to take him number one. I mean, he's got to, one. He's gonna get killed. Two, we can't see over his offensive line. He's another typical scrambling quarterback that's gonna have some success, you know, because he can scramble and you can't breathe on a quarterback these days. So you know, we are breeding these type of quarterbacks now to be successful in the NFL. But in reality, are they really winning big time football games? The guy's five five. I mean, are you kidding me? At Topeka High offensive linemen are bigger than him no i i I think that's gonna be a clunker i i I think as much as i hate ohio state quarterbacks i'm done with them but i think cj stroud has a better chance of being successful than i do bryce young
4: he's too small. small Yeah, it's in you see, I think they could get to eight or nine wins with him at the helm. I think they could they could oh, shock some no people. I, I think it's gonna be I think it's obviously he has to start fast. He can't have any bad performances, but I think if there's one quarterback out of all the top ones that we'll talk about, Anthony Richardson in, in Indianapolis, Will Levis, obviously that train wreck in Tennessee. I think Bryce Young has the ability to hit the ground running. He's going to have growing pains. I'm not saying he's going to be all of a sudden Tom Brady, you know, uh, week one and just light it up for five touchdowns per week. But I think he's going to shock a lot of people. And, again, his preparation, his ability to just locate wide receivers downfield, his his ability to read coverage, pick up blitz packages, I think is much more advanced than all the quarterbacks in this draft. So we'll see how it plays out. That's why they play the game. Scotty, so you know it it is gonna be interesting to see how good of a fit he is with Frank Reich who couldn't get it right with the Indianapolis Colts two teams that couldn't get it right Scott last year Cleveland and Washington I got news here they square off right Washington a, a slight underdog by a field goal plus 135 Cleveland minus 160 I think Cleveland is poised for a breakout year. That train—you want to talk about train wreck? That's it in Washington. Ron Rivera first calling out uh, Eric Bieniemy, Bieniemy saying the team's too soft, and Ron Rivera not knowing his ass from his elbow was the main reason why. One, he'll be out of Washington next year, and two, why Washington will not get out of the cellar of the NFC East. Yeah, that 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 is a,
5: a bad situation in Washington, right? I mean, poor Eric Biadum. finally gets a chance to be a real offensive coordinator. He's probably a little, you know, starstruck and thinking, "Okay, I'm the man." And then, you know, and he goes in there and tries to change the culture. Meanwhile, the, the culture is changing him. I, yeah, that that's got disaster written all. Well, and then they don't really have a quarterback. Sam Howell, really. He'll be starting tonight. He'll get some playing time. Cleveland's going to go with the Sean Watson tonight for a little while. No word on how long these guys will play, but both will be starting their regular season starting quarterback. So it's a little surprised Cleveland's only a minus three favorite tonight, especially since this is game number two, since they played in the Hall of Fame game. You generally get a little more credence because it's when you're, you're one step ahead of the opposition here. So I, I do like Cleveland tonight as far as that's concerned. Tough division, right, um, for, for Cleveland. I, I'm tired of hearing the expectations, and I'm a Deshaun Watson guy. I, I am so, Me too. but I just don't know. In that division, with, with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and, and Baltimore now reloaded, boy, that's a that is a brutal division. Um, I, I can see the Browns being better, but still not being able to get over the hump.
4: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think the Browns do – no, I agree with you with Deshaun Watson. I'm actually picking the Browns this year to break out to to potentially 11 or 12 wins. I think they're going to be right behind Joe Burrow as that second-best team. A lot of people believe it will be Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. I believe it will be Cleveland – and uh, Siri, uh, excuse me, um, Stefanski and Nick Chubb and the one thing I will take away from that win over the Jets in the Hall of Fame game is did you notice that the second and third teamers, that whole sideline was buying into winning you want to talk about a winning culture, it seems like he sort of turned it around from last year, they're all bought in, they're all involved in the game from the assistant coaches down to like I mentioned, the free agents and that's what you want to see, especially in the preseason, but I want to go back to be for a second did you happen to watch his press conference in in which he called out the players and said it's his job to obviously make them better you know they need to obviously be accountable his job is to obviously he was there to to score points put his players in a position to win there was nothing in that press conference that didn't indicate that eric b was a fantastic Assistant coach or have the potential to be in a, 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 an amazing motivator and head coach So what was it in all these interviews that they didn't like Eric the enemy for potentially a head coaching candidate? Why didn't he get a shot where all these other guys because based off of that that in the, I would want him roaming the sidelines for my organization Yeah. Right. I
5: mean, unless these owners thought and I did see the press conference, unless these guys just thought, okay, you know what? That's not going to fly in 2022, 23, 21, 20, whatever. Uh, That that would fly in 1980 and 1990. But nowadays with these players, eh, that's not going to fly. That would be my only thing. I don't know. Joe. There's got to be. I've said this over the last couple of years that this has really come up. There has to be another story behind eric b that we're not here now we know about his past but that, that was like 20 30 years ago he hasn't done anything crazy since there's got to be a reason and and i don't understand why one of these so-called insiders hasn't gone to an owner right you know ursay loves to speak Jer- jones jerry jones loves to talk right you have a few owners that love to speak out I don't understand why no one's gone to those guys and said, you know, listen, off the cuff, right? You know, unnamed sources. Tell me really what is going on with Eric Biennemi and get the real story and just put it out there. You know, sources tell me he's too mean. He's too nice. He's too, that, he's too whatever. It it can't be because the obviously you want to think he's because he's black. Other blacks have gotten opportunities before. So I don't, I don't believe that's it. I really don't. So. I wish one of those guys would do that. Write a story. I'm going to go to the 345 owners. They're going to really know what the deal is. Um, You know, guys that aren't in a position to be hiring head coaches or maybe get guys that are in a position and say, listen, well, why didn't you hire this guy? You don't have to tell me, you know, that you are the head coach and you're this, that. I'll do it unnamed sources, but give me the real story behind Eric bien on the streets. They have to know. There's got to be something. There just has to be.
4: Well, one of the reasons why supposedly, and I remember this during during the Super Bowl, about why he wouldn't get a head coaching job is because of the success of the Kansas City Chiefs, which is complete BS, because how did Sirianni and Gannon get head coaching jobs if that was the case? The, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl as well. So you're telling me franchises Arizona and Indianapolis waited for both a, – a, a, excuse me, not Sirianni – Steichen. Steichen and Gannon until the season was over, uh, and they were hired, but you couldn't hire Eric Bieniemy when they were making a Super Bowl run to face off against Philadelphia. That's complete garbage. That's why I said, tell me what it is uh, in regards. And to go back to Ron Rivera for a second, him originally, you know, calling out Bieniemy and said he had head coaching experience, and Diaz uh, Del Rio had head uh, coaching experience. Let me ask you this, Ron. What have you won lately? Because you didn't win a Super Bowl when you you squared off against Peyton Manning back seven years ago. And, and to the point, you didn't even know your team was eliminated from playoff contention yeah, in week number 16. Exactly. <laughs> so is that working for you right now? This is the point that I'm trying to make, is that Ron Rivera, again, doesn't know his ass from his elbow, but yet he's given the benefit of the doubt while a young, hungry assistant coach that has won at every level. You know, Eric Bieniemy was a national champion at Colorado. You know, when they squared off against your Notre Dame Fighting Irish in 1990, he was the team's leading rusher before Rashan Salam. He coached Adrian Peterson, the leading rusher in the NFL, when he was position coach with Minnesota back in 2010 and beyond. So tell me what it is that Eric Biennami doesn't deserve or get mentioned with the other assistant coaches throughout the league is ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, where's Andy Reid in this, right? I mean, Andy Reid's been in the league
5: 50 years, for goodness sakes. right? I mean, you you tell me he doesn't have contacts that he couldn't have called up, you know, some of his buddies and say, hey, listen, you know, give the give the guy a real opportunity here somewhere along the line. It, it, there has to, again, it, why hasn't any reporter gone to Andy Reid? Some of these coaches, they have to know. It's it just, I mean, unless you just want to believe it's because he's black, but then, you know, how would that explain the other black head coaches? Not that there's a lot, and there should be more, but, you know, some have gotten opportunities, so I, that's why I don't believe that's the issue. Um, it seems kind of weird, and unfortunately, you know, he's going into a situation. I'll say this about the uh, enemy and, and the Redskins commanders. If he is successful, Joe, not wins and losses, but if he's putting 25 to 30 points on the board with that quarterback situation, they got some weapons but you know if he could do that, then there would be no reason for him to be uh, not to be a head coach next year somewhere.
4: Yeah, I agree 100%. I really do. I, I agree with that, That uh, again. And, and are, are they going to hold the, the Washington situation against him now? Where, let's just say, Washington Probably. wins to a, to a 5-12 and season this year because Ron Rivera was the head coach yeah. and because the defense sucked and, and regressed from year one. Is that going to be Eric Bieniemy's fault or why he doesn't deserve to get a head coaching opportunity or interview? I mean, it really is amazing how some of these owners play this out. It really is amazing how they, they sort of just you know put up a coach on the outside and they just rehire these old retreads. That's like Chan Gailey back in the day. The guy never succeeded as a head coach. He used to get assistant coaching jobs year after year after year and somehow still maintains in the league. I mean, Eric Bietamy hasn't even been given an opportunity. And all he yeah. does is produce amazing. The way they, they
5: really... the, way, the way they neglected him, if you will, I think they would hold it against him. Uh, or he is be, you know, the next head coach. If you, if your site offers you first head coach fired, uh, Ron Rivera would be near the top. I, I think that's going to be a bad football team in a tough division, and I don't see them with Sam Howe winning
4: very many football games. Good players on the team. Brian Robinson, the running back. Terry McLaurin and a legitimate wide receiver. We'll come back and wrap it up. Keep it where it is.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Scott Wetzel.
4: Back on Football Full Circle. I say it every time we work together, an hour flies by when we're talking NFL and college football with Scott and myself. But we'll wrap it up with the game tonight. Obviously, Arizona and Denver take off, but two teams again headed in wrong directions. I mean, there is slight optimism with Sean Payton there in Denver, Arizona. I think they're going to be the worst team, I bet them, from zero to three wins. So I get screwed at four and 13, I win money. If they're zero to three in terms of that band, I think they're going to be absolutely pathetic. And I think Gannon could be like a David Culley type of guy. One year and he's out of Arizona, complete disarray for the Cardinals this season. Boy, if that
5: was the case as far as him getting fired, you talk about not being fair. That You know, he comes in, he thinks he's going to be working with Baker, or with him, Baker, maybe with Kyler Murray. He doesn't have him. They want to lose. They get rid of everybody. They trade their best wide receiver, and then he's going to get whacked after one year. I could see it too, but, that boy, you talk about being unfair. That, that would be it. Um, I don't know how they're going to get five wins. Their over-under is four and a half, so I like that one through three. You're probably getting better odds with that. Between them and the Texans getting seven wins, I think those are two of the best underplays you'll have this year. As far as tonight's play, Denver laying six. They are supposed to play Russell Wilson some. So, uh, you know, that's probably built into that six-point spread. Arizona's going to go with its starters, if you want to count them as starters with the uh, Murray being out. So, I, I think that, you know, that, that – Winless might even you know we were trying to come up yesterday me and George we did the show um, uh, how are they were going to come up with five wins with, with over even four and a half if, if it's like how <laughs> how is that possible with that football team Cole McCoy five maybe gets wins. you one or two but five is
4: Carleton State on there from uh, the, uh, the <laughs> FCS uh, yeah. I mean come on unbelievable well. We'll be back next week for Scott Wetzel, our great producer, Danny Ohlers. I'm Joe Lisi. Have a great weekend, everyone. The money line coming up next.
6: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-point at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line.